Hey, welcome to Five Questions with Steve Moulter. That's me. Uh, this week's guest is Kimbra. She's a musician who's won a ton of awards, uh, Grammys, Arias, New Zealand Music Awards. She's worked with a ton of well-known musicians as well. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, Queens of the Stone Age, The Roots, Childish Gambino, Skrillex, Gautier, Dillinger, Escape Plan, just to name a few. She is a super kind and thoughtful person. We had a great conversation on the phone a couple weeks ago. We talked about uh, her growing up in the limelight, moving around the world to multiple cities and finding a mantra and also recognizing love is all around us. Super, super nice person. We had a great time, took pictures of her at her show in Boston and uh, yeah, great conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Meet Kimbra. How do you define failure? <sighs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I define failure as giving up, I guess, you know, like having having a vision when, and, um, you know, I, I'd like to say as well that giving up is different to letting go because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of moments where in life you have to let go of a situation that you don't have control over and understand that it, you know, it may work out for the better and you have to sort of relinquish some sort of control. But, but giving up to me sort of suggests that, you know, I, I, I work toward a vision. I, I begin to um, see it coming into fruition and work hard at it and then perhaps, um, you know, fall into a cycle of self-doubt and, and mm. feel that I, I can't achieve that and therefore sort of, you know, decide to just um, perhaps say, look, I'm not ready yet or, I'm, or you know, I'm just or knowing full well that I am ready and I could do it, you know, if I had yeah. to do um, And, you know, I'm proud to say there haven't been too many moments where I've done that because I'm, you know, I really do try to employ courage or if, if I'm feeling that self-doubt, I try to call on people to help build me up. Um, but, yeah, to me, failure would look like sort of, having a dream or having a, a vision and, and just deciding that for one reason or another, I, I just simply couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. Have you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned getting in touch with people, friends or relatives, I imagine. Like who, who, can you talk about who those people are or what they do for you in those moments when you feel yeah. self-doubt? Yeah. Certainly. I mean, I'm very lucky to have a particular friend who's played in my band for since I first began. I mean, I think we started playing music together when I was as young as 17. Um, And, you know, he still is in my band now. He's from New Zealand. And, you know, it's just someone who's known me musically for so long, but also personally. And, you know, I've definitely been known to call him when I'm losing um, objectivity on a project. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Also really close with my father. I'm close with all my family, but, you know, we, we have a a sort of quite strong connection spiritually and just, you know, I can always call on him when I'm feeling a sense of, yeah, self-doubt. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think I try not to call too many people because then you can have too many opinions, right? <laughs> about three or, three or four sort of close friends um, that, that can kind of just reaffirm the truth for you. I think that can yeah. be hugely beneficial, yeah. It's especially helpful. I, I recognize for me um, in life and as a musician, like when I call certain friends, I know what I'm going to get, you know? And so I can yeah. say, oh, yeah. I can call my buddy Roly and he'll give me it like straight up brass tacks, no BS. And then, yeah. you know, I'll call somebody okay. else and they'll kind of, you know, be, oh, it's okay. It'll be great, you know? So it's nice <laughs> to have a little variation in your friendships, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
so just as an aside, I have, I've been to New Zealand. Um, I was there for a very brief time for six days. I was in Wellington. I have a friend who lives there. Um, anyway, I just wanted to let you know, I've, I've been to your country and it's fantastic. Yay! That's nice. So you know what it's like then. You've seen, a, you felt a bit of that energy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Definitely. So my next question is, uh, in what ways do you hold yourself back? Hmm. Um, in terms of like limitations, like things that can yeah. hold me back. Yeah. 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 Like um, self-imposed limitations, maybe consciously or unconsciously. Hmm. You know, I, I hold myself back sometimes. It's funny. It's like sometimes your weaknesses are your strengths. Um, mm -hmm. So one of my kind of strengths, which can become a weakness, is my ability to kind of live inside detail to such an intense extent. Um, and I guess it can be compared to a form of perfectionism, um, like being very particular about details. And I have, you know, very um, acute ears. I can hear um, music on a very nuanced level and so if I'm in the studio I can pick out things that you know even the, <laughs> the engineer I'm working with hadn't sort of noticed and that's a great kiss but but it can also mean that I it, I hold myself back from being able to um, step away and look at the picture as a, as a big whole and see what perhaps the song needs or or even maybe what my life needs you know because I can be so wrapped up in um, yeah in that sort of uh, depth of detail um, and I think it that happens for me as a person as well I'm a very self-reflective person I spend a lot of time you know I, I believe strongly in, in meditation and prayer and I spend a lot of time going inside and reading a lot of books on self-development you know and this is a great gift but it's also again you can become a little too internal and uh, perhaps obsessed with the detail and 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 forget to step away and, and look at life as a whole as well and see it as a mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean so I think that I'm becoming yeah. more aware now of when that gift is not serving me and when it's actually holding mm -hmm. me back and and that's yeah yeah that's why I believe in Although I could produce my own album myself, I really do believe in the objective viewpoint of a co-producer that is able to tell you how it is. Sometimes I'm too close to the work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned some, um, like, reading meditation. Are there any specific meditations or, like, tests that you would recommend for somebody, like, you know, me, for, for example, that would, help, would need a little help with the meditation <laughs> angle? <laughs> Yeah, there's so many different ways to approach it. I I read a lot of the the mystics who are kind of in, in every religion. There's you know the institutionalized religion, and then there's you know for Buddhists there's the Zen, um, for Christians mm -hmm. just the Christian mysticism, I guess. Um, Jewish is Kabbalah, Islam has the Sufis. You know, they're usually the poets and the people that were very focused on more experiential union with the divine, and mm -hmm. so. Um, yeah, I practice a kind of form of centering prayer, it's called, and it's basically just a mantra or a word um, that you use as an anchor. And it's just, you know, a, sort of 20 minutes of deep breathing and, and focusing in on that anchor um, word that you've chosen. And the, the point is to find that center and to be very present with yourself and or with God, whatever you choose to call it. And, yeah, I, I do find for someone like me, <laughs> it's very helpful to kind of, I don't know, like, 
yeah, remove myself from that in- intensity of seeing everything so up close all the time and yeah. accepting things as, as they are. And the simplicity of one word, the repetition and simplicity mm. of one word, it's very demanding and hard, but mm. very productive for someone like me. <laughs> That's great. That's, I, I can recommend one, my favorite book of all time. Uh, it's called Zen okay. Guitar. Have you ever heard oh, of it? Wow. No. You, Wait, I might have heard of it. You have to check it out. I've given it as a gift okay. to 15 people, and uh, oh it's, it's it's called Zen Guitar. It's about it's about Zen. It's a, it's it calls itself a handbook for living. But it's not really about guitar, if that makes sense. So it's like through the idea of the guitar, but it's not about guitar. So you don't have to be a musician. Obviously, you are, but you don't have to be a musician to really take from it. So okay. I highly yeah, recommend yeah, yeah. it. Well, great. Thanks for that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to settle down. I want to settle down. Won't you settle down with me? Settle down. From Angela Vickers. What's the most difficult thing you've ever had to do? Ooh, yeah, good, good question, dude. You're really killing it with these. Uh, yeah, these I, I do what I can. Um, <laughs> really good. It's really nice to be challenged in an interview. Yeah. Um, the most difficult thing I've had to do. I mean, yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I parted ways with my my first manager and you know I've been mm. with my manager for eight eight years um he was the first person to kind of I guess yeah like really really believe that I could have a real career in music and I left high school and moved to um Australia where he set me up with uh you know Pro Tools rig and gave me that kind of confidence mm-hmm. to bring my production skills to life and you know um I kind of Sort of just yeah, he was such a almost a father figure of sorts because he had been the one to kind of first bring me into the business. Um, but you know, as time went on, of course, I became more state based, um, mm-hmm. and I changed as a person. And you know, it's almost like a relationship, really. It is. It's like you look at what you want out of your career, out of your life, and you realize that perhaps that's, that's not the right fit anymore. And you know, there are many things that kind of came into to play with us kind of parting, but, um, you know, I don't think they're as relevant as just kind right. of the personal journey I went on, which was, that was really hard, you know, and difficult to, because I had to have a lot of belief in myself as well, that I could do my career without that, that person that had kind of, you know what I mean? Like given me all those yeah. opportunities. I had to have a lot of faith that I could, it kind of felt like, you know, growing, like, taking on my own womanhood and being like, I, you know, I, I believe in the work that I do, and I, this person has taught me so much, but now it's time to to kind of start a new chapter in New York, and it was difficult because it goes, you know, it, it, everything turns legal, and it's, you know, everything turns, mm. like, any relationship when it's, yeah. so that was, like, that was a really big thing to go through, and it, you know, it meant that I had to really kind of... Um, learn the industry for a second time in a way and find a new yeah. manager and all that stuff. It just feels very daunting. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I, but I came out the other side. <laughs> and and it's it's impressive that you were able to last that long with one person, especially moving so much. I mean, you went Absolutely. to Melbourne like right away, right, from New Zealand. Yeah. Then you yeah. were in L.A. for a while, right? Yeah. Was that yeah. after Melbourne or? 
Were, Off to Melbourne, and yeah. Yeah, and then New York, right? And then New York, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can I, imagine... New York. Yeah, it, I can imagine the strain it can put on a relationship, you know, again, personal or oh, yeah. whatever, but you grow so close yeah. to these people, you know, it can put that strain on, especially being in different cities and new musicians all the time, obviously getting skilled yourself. And I, I appreciate the way you put it, sort of growing into your own womanhood, you know, and that I can imagine was, mm-hmm. you know, can you talk about that? Like, especially being in the public limelight, you know, and becoming, you know, you were very young, right? When you started, you were, what, 14 when you started yeah. gigging. Yeah. So can you talk a little yeah. bit about how how much that affected you in growing up as a woman? Yeah, like there were some things I kind of missed out on in some ways because my friends went to university and I was ready to do that. But, of course, I went into making a debut album. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I knew with my heart that it was what I wanted to do. And, again, I sometimes said it felt a bit like a calling or some kind of deeper purpose. But but also, you know, like that idea of, like, journeying with friends and going to university and having this tight group and going through all these experiences together, it wasn't really something I had, you know. I made new friends, but a lot of them were a lot older than me, and we got into music together. But I didn't have some of that same... Um, yeah, just kind of sisterhood feeling of like, yeah, we went through college together, all that. So, um, but in saying that, you come to different maturities at different times of your life. I'd say that I have that now, you know, in a really profound way, a really strong sense of, you know, female friends and male friends that I've made and shared so much with. And I matured in other ways that my friends have taken longer to do, you know. I went through much harder things. I had to gain a certain kind of independence from a young age. I had to, you know, deal with anxieties around being a suddenly thrown into the limelight and what that does for, like, kind of your, your mental health if you're just, like, in your teens, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And all of those other things. But some of my friends are only kind of experiencing now, and I feel like I can have something to speak to around that, you know? I can share from... So, yeah, it's like in some ways I, I missed out on some things, and then, but then in others I kind of gained so much at a young age, and that again, adds to my feeling of maturity at 27, you know, because I've lived, yeah, a different kind of life. Uh, How do you define being in love? And I'm using air quotes on in love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, belonging. I really think that feeling in love is a sense of belonging and, like, um, and euphoria. I mean, you know, the, I don't necessarily believe that the in love quote thing is um, necessarily there forever in the way you first feel it. Um, mm. But I think perhaps the belonging remains. You know, that's something that continues through, like, a long love relationship. Um, that's probably maybe the strongest of the two, you know, is, is that sense of belonging, you know, if you're like 50 years into a marriage and you come home and you still feel like, yeah, this is my home, like in this person's arms is my home. Um, but the euphoria part is, you know, that, that, that probably like everything in life ebbs and flows, you know, it comes and comes and goes, just like any kind of elation experience, you know, um, like, whether that's a sexual experience, it's like there's highs and, you know, that doesn't last forever. It's like a music experience on stage, you know, when I have a euphoric moment on stage. It's like that doesn't last forever. It ebbs and flows, you know. So I think of those moments as naturally coming and going. But, yeah, the belonging aspect of love 
and that could be with another person, but also like the music, you know, I feel like I belong in, mm. in sound and, and making sound. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That kind of is the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> What will you miss the most when you're gone? Hmm. Like kind of looking back on life and if you were to be like look, looking looking back at what life offered, what would you miss the most? Mm-hmm. Mm. Serendipity. Like I, I think, I don't know, I can imagine like I don't know what the afterlife is. I don't know what's coming next, right? But like if, mm. if it's super different to this life, it's like there's something super beautiful about earth and all of our experiences here where like you can New York gives me this feeling a lot right where you can walk to the park and suddenly a person is on a park bench and you'll say one word to them and I'll say something back and you're like wow that's everything I needed to hear right now and like yeah and then a bird flies and like lands on something and sings a melody that you're like oh well that was just in a song you know like moments like that there are just moments that you kind of feel like there's a little bit of design to the world. Um, I would miss that the most because I feel like out of all the euphoric experiences I've had in my life, which have been a lot of highs and a, and a lot of lows, I feel like those moments are kind of the most sacred sometimes. It's just the tiny little fragments of time that kind of confirm something um, that maybe love exists kind of in the universe as well, you know, and that it's kind of all around mm-hmm. you and just have to open your eyes to see it. And yeah, I would I would certainly miss those those moments. Um but I yeah. kind of have a feeling that maybe they will they will continue <laughs> into the next life. We'll see. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Check us out at 5questions.me, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the iTunes podcast store. And check Kimber out at kimbramusic.com. And she's currently on tour. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye.